Hi, and welcome to Yes Please, your go-to podcast for all things sexuality, pleasure, and orgasms. I've named this podcast Yes Please because that's how I want you to feel about all things sex, pleasure, and orgasms. Yes Please, and more. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here and that you want to learn more about how to experience more shameless pleasure, deeper satisfaction, and ecstatic orgasms in your life and sexuality. And I hope to inspire you to feel that you can embrace and celebrate your sexuality all throughout your life journey. This podcast isn't just about sex and sex education, however, it's about so much more. Personal growth, living a radiant and confident and authentic life, radical joy and expression, and general fucking goodness. I'm your host, Erica Alsborn, and I'm a sexuality teacher and expert, sex and birth coach, but you can think of me more as your BFF who you love to talk to about sex and all the intimate things you don't feel comfortable talking about with anyone else. I celebrate the vast and diverse human, erotic and sexual experience, and I embody a deep shamelessness when it comes to sex in all its different expressions. However, having said that, I'm a straight, able-bodied, cisgendered woman, and in my work I specialize in female sexuality, and I work with women with pussies and while I have a broad and liberal approach to sex and a very extensive training, my knowledge is limited by my own lived experience as well as the focus in my professional work. But I hope you'll learn lots here with me. Expand your idea of what sex is and can be and mean for you and even though I'm an expert on this topic, I'm not an authority. Everything I share is always a suggestion, not a must. So take what resonates and leave the rest behind. I'm always open to receiving your constructive feedback so don't hesitate to reach out if you have any. Okay. Hi and welcome again. I'm delighted that you're here and now let's dive into today's topic. If you've ever experienced numbness, emotional, physical, sexual numbness or feeling like you're really stuck or like you're paralyzed, this episode is for you. My conversation with the marvelous, the lovely and the very wise Priya is amazing and it's ready for you to listen to here and now today. So I'm so glad that you're tuning into this episode because we dive into the key pieces around identifying numbness, stuckness, paralyzation in the body, and then this kind of step-by-step process in a way, but like the overarching steps of how to move through, heal, and create a new reality with numbness and with feeling alive and thriving. As I was recording this uh, conversation with Priya, I was just sitting with a big smile on my face because she's such a delight to listen to. Um, But behind that really lovely, soothing, grounding voice. Like I said at the beginning, there's a deep embodied wisdom around all of this. And um, unfortunately for Priya, she's had to walk the walk and she talks the talk. Um, She had an experience of being numb, of feeling really disconnected from being alive and feeling alive emotionally, physically, sexually. And so it was her own uh, journey with that that inspired of course her healing and then her work and I asked her to come on to the podcast because I know that that was her experience and that she had so much knowledge and wisdom to share about this Uh, so I wanted her like firsthand experience like her words to convey and to explain how it is I work with this in my coaching and with clients and I've successfully helped clients move through numbness and become sensitive and sensitize themselves and experience pleasure after years and decades of experiencing numbness but I 
I haven't really experienced it myself to the same degree like Priya or like some of my clients. So I want this episode to be a, like a, a messenger, a conveyor of hope and healing and transformation. And uh, maybe it could be the starting point for your healing journey if you have an experience of numbness. And we all have to a certain degree. You know, we're all to a certain degree disembodied and disassociated with our sensations and our bodies but especially those who experience a lot of numbness and a lot of lack and absence of pleasure and emotional connection then this episode is truly for you and I hope it will serve you enjoy hi Priya welcome to the podcast thank you Erica hi I am so excited that you're here and um, so grateful that you said yes when I reached out to you kind of out of the blue <laughs> And, and said, hey, do you want to talk about this on the podcast? So thank you for being here and for sharing your story with us. No, you're welcome. I was very humbled that you reached out as I, I love you and I love your work. So thank you for being ah, here. <laughs> thank you. And yeah, we go, I mean, we have a history, so we know each other a little bit in like within this realm, not personally, not in our personal lives, but within this realm, we have a, a bit of a history, but we haven't seen or talked to each other in several years. So we just had a little catch up before we began. And it's so lovely to connect with you again. And today we're going to dive into a topic that is an important one and that I find it's not talked about a lot in well, in sort of popular or mainstream spaces about sex. So it's, there's a lot of, well, a big lack of knowledge about this and a lot of confusion about this and a lot of suffering that women experience when it comes to this. And it's the feeling of being numb and stuck and feeling really paralyzed in one's sexuality and when it comes to pleasure. And I invited you here because you have a personal experience with having lived with this and uh, maybe not healed it completely or like released it completely, but you've come a long way. Yeah. So I would love to let the listeners get to know you a little bit better. So Priya, if you could please tell us a, a little bit about yourself, whatever you feel is relevant for them to know and your story with this or your experience with this and uh, yeah, and, and what you do now and why you're here. Thanks, Erica. Yeah, so a little bit about myself. So I am a women's empowerment coach and I'm also a sound therapist. So I work with women primarily in similar areas to what I've experienced about overcoming a sense of feeling numb or stuck or paralyzed and supporting women to start to then feel more alive. And I suppose my story is that I felt numb in all areas of life really for as long as I can remember, so way back. So it was so much a part of me that I really thought it was me, that that's just who I was. Although I had a very subtle yearning, I suppose, to feel more alive. And that used to come up for me when it came to things like envisaging my ideal life or what I really wanted. There was this word that kept coming up that I wanted to feel more alive, but I just didn't really know how to get there and I suppose my story it's not a kind of end-to-end -end story because as you said I'm still very much on this journey but I have come a long way and I think what first came to me as quite a revelation was when I was on a retreat in Mexico around women's sexuality and I we were doing a session around breath work 
And so we had to hold space for other people who were doing breathing exercises. And then there was a break and then it was our turn. And I remember in the break and it was towards the end of the retreat. So I was quite tired. We'd done a lot of processing, a lot of purging, a lot of healing. And I remember in the break that I fell really deeply asleep, even though it was just for 10 minutes. And that was the first sign, I guess, that I was a little bit checked out and not really there. And then I remember starting the breathing when it was my turn and just nothing really happening and just feeling that feeling frustrated, feeling like I'm going through the motions, but I'm not experiencing anything. I'm not definitely not experiencing anything like the other attendees and just really feeling like I just wanted to go home at that point. And then I had an amazing teacher called Laura come over and she asked me a magic question. She asked me, is there a part of you that doesn't want to be here? And for me, suddenly just a lot of things clicked into place. And as she said that, I could see as I was lying there, almost a part of me that looked like me, that filled up my whole body, but that was leaving me. So it's like sometimes when you see in movies, the spirit leaving your body, if, if when you die, it's that kind of visualization that came to me. And that was the first time I realized that I'm not numb numbness isn't me and it's not all of me it's actually a part of me and it's a part of me that's been keeping me safe and that it was there because I had fear and that I felt unsafe and in that moment I could also feel like okay now I've identified this as a separate piece to me or a separate part of me I can work with it it doesn't feel like it's my whole being it doesn't feel like this is just me and I don't know how to get out and I'm trapped it feels like I can work with it And I remember at the time, almost imagining this part of me that was leaving my body, coming back into my body, I felt like I could draw it back so that I could be fully there and fully present. And that was the beginning of really starting to work with it. But yeah, that was such a special moment because it just showed me that it's not all of me. It's a protective mechanism. It's a part of me. And I can start to engage this part and work with it and and therefore start to bring more presence into my everyday life. And there are a few elements on my path, a few pieces of learning or revelations that have come up since. But I think that was the core, really crucial one that really set me off on my journey to becoming more present. Yeah, Ah, I would love to hear more about the other revelations but stay we'll stay here with this one for now and thank you I am just feeling my whole body just open and soften as I hear you speak about this and the the elegant way that you describe your understanding of what numbness was for you how how it wasn't you right how you went from identifying with it and feeling like this is me mm-hmm. to having that experience of separation with it yeah. and disidentification dis- with it. And that was the starting point of a healing and transformation journey with it. It also made me just feel a lot of love in my heart hearing Laura's name because I know Laura. (laughs) Oh, beloved Laura. She is indeed a fantastic teacher. And the question that she asked you, is there a part of you that doesn't want to be here? 
mm. is as a profound one. And mm. I'm glad that that was a powerful portal for you to step through and see, wow, yes. And that feeling of leaving yourself. And like you say, numbness is a, well, oftentimes a protective mechanism mm-hmm. that one has developed because there is fear and unsafety inside the system. And so this it's become this huge separate piece or part of one's experience, but it feels so all-encompassing and you've been living with it for so long and it kind of, it's been sneaking up on you, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like you one day decided, I'm going to create this alternative persona slash internal part of me that I'm going to use to leave my body and to just feel like I am kind of ghosting myself in my life and my body. It happens so subtly and so slowly and so gradually and subconsciously and unconsciously over such a long period of time that when you're an adult enough to want to live differently than what you're doing and have the pleasure that other people talk about, or like you said, like, I want to feel alive, I'm not feeling alive, mm-hmm. then you start to realize there is something that is a little bit different about me and my experience than other people. But then you've been living with it for so long that you can't you can't differentiate between your original self, mm-hmm. the authentic self, and this protective mechanism that's become you that's become how you operate and move through interpret feel and sense and exist in the world yeah yeah that's exactly it it's just like all the lights are a bit dimmer you feel well for me i felt just removed from reality from relationships like there's always this barrier that stopped me feeling and physically as well but what what was more distressing for me was the the emotional separation and and like you say because it's something that i developed and for me it was from a very young age it it was it was such a big part of my identity that that separation was really difficult until that point when the wonderful laura asked me that question which as you say was really profound and it does it does sneak up and i've had experiences since so i mean i was last month actually i had quite a rough time with different family members all being in hospital three of them for different reasons at different points and there were just other things going on in life and it was it just felt like all too much and i experienced a sudden like i I heard one news about a family member who'd sadly had a stroke and it's like yeah all the lights just suddenly went out and i was back in that state of feeling numb again and so like you say, it can be just, you're not in control of it. It just happened automatically. It was like my brain or this part of me saying, okay, that's too much now. (laughs) This is the safest place for you. And I was like, okay, I remember this place. It, it, It feels familiar, but also, wow, that's the sign that I haven't been there for a while. And it actually really helped me, you know? So the next day I was on a panel and it helped me get through it. I was so numb that I wasn't anxious about the panel and it got me through it, got me through it well. And I was like, okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I was a bit worried at the time that I might be stuck in that place or I didn't know how long it would last. But, you know, I I started to emerge from it. It I started to emerge naturally, but also through a few grounding practices and things like that. So it's also, you know, it really is there uh, as a protective piece and to support, and it can be so supportive because 
the alternative for me a month ago would be, you know, a breakdown or something that would have felt even more difficult for me. So it can be, it can be something really wonderful as well. Um, especially I suppose when it's in those short-term bursts. Yeah, that's such an important thing to emphasize that when we do, you know, numbness, just like a raging part or, you know, there are different parts inside of us, inner child part and things like that. But when when we do deeper parts work, like I do in my coaching and like you do in your coaching as well and in the healing work you've done with yourself, it's so important to understand that each part inside of us has a purpose. And usually that purpose is, at least from the part itself, it's a purpose of serving you, right? Like keeping you safe or protecting you from harm. Well, keeping you safe and protecting you from harm is the same thing, but like making you not feel overwhelmed, making you actually be able to exist because the alternative would be like a breakdown or maybe for the younger little girl who developed this, the alternative would have been like death. I mean, so it's when we reach an adulthood and we see these parts inside of us that creates a lot of suffering for us or that we just want to like get rid of and eradicate and we're so angry with it and it's like why I hate you you just you know you 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 ruin my life a very important part of the healing work is actually gaining full deep like acceptance with it and then realizing that its purpose was to really keep you alive and to keep you safe and to, you know, do good things for you. But it's just over time that has become an obstacle or a crutch or something that causes suffering. But initially and at its core, this part is just trying to do whatever it feels is best for you. And that's its purpose oftentimes. And that can lead to a lot of compassion for it. And like you say, in this purpose or in this situation, it actually helped you get through uh, an experience and and it was an ally kind of helping you. (laughs) You could do this panel a bit checked out, but at least, you you know, you got through it. So it's there's a beautiful healing in the acceptance and in the understanding of how it's been serving you for a very long time. And now it's just outdated or it needs it needs to shift or maybe it can serve you in other areas of your life, but not in your connection with your emotional self or sexual self. But maybe it can serve you in like a professional area of your life where you yeah. need to maybe have armor or be a little bit numb in order to experience some kind of intensity or something like that. But yeah, so that's a really important thing to emphasize. Another thing to emphasize is, like you say, once you've come, well, once you've moved through healing and you've moved, you know, through numbness or maybe released it and you have a new experience where you don't identify it as much with it or you have pleasure or whatever, there's a new baseline. So when it comes back, because things usually cycle or like you said, there are triggers in life that make our old protective mechanisms come back with force completely involuntarily to us. Mm -hmm. And we're like, shocked sometimes of like oh my god I feel like I've regressed (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) but you will you know using the tools and using the healing mechanisms that you've used to come this far if you use them and apply them you will sooner rather than later usually always return to that new baseline so it's okay that you fall back into old patterns because there is a new baseline in the system and so it's good not to try it's good to try to avoid panic and like yeah. feeling like it was all 
for nothing. <laughs> just yeah. want to mention that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there was a big difference here in that when it did come back to serve me last month, it was, it wasn't stuck with me. It wasn't all of me. It was, I definitely saw it as trying to help me. And so it, yeah, it, it was serving me and it's not present constantly like it was. And yeah, exactly that. And I suppose on your first part as well about seeing compassion for the different parts, I had someone say, I can't remember their name, I'll have to think about it, but they said this beautiful thing, which is that all parts of yourself are absolutely in love with yourself. Mm. And I found that really beautiful because like you say, if you have a part of you like I did where I was feeling so numb and really wanting to push past it, it can feel really frustrating and you can feel like, what's wrong with me? Why am I different? Why can't I relate to people or connect with people in the same way? And you can feel really frustrated or angry or upset with this part, but actually all of them from their perspective at least have your best interests at heart they love you and love you wholeheartedly and unconditionally and are just trying to protect you keep you keep you safe of you know maybe other purposes as well but i think having that deep compassion just helps you to feel less at war with yourself yes yes 100 percent. 100 percent. i love that all parts of you love what was it love you dearly it yeah was... or are absolutely in love with yourself i love that yeah mm -hmm. it's so true it's so true and they will do anything to <laughs> you know to keep protecting you and serving you and so yeah when you go to war with them they feel like they're they're threatened and so they they double down and just like try and protect you even harder against yeah. yourself yeah. right and so it becomes this tug tug of war kind of uh, yeah inner conflict which doesn't serve healing yeah absolutely so you said you had this realization you realized it was a separate piece that mm -hmm. you could now work with it you could you you saw you 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 saw your experience yourself leaving yourself mm -hmm. you saw you could bring it back into yourself you saw that it was a protective mechanism and you said from there i could start working on being present and cultivating presence inside so please tell us a, a little bit I know maybe it's hard to summarize or you know get it all in there but what were the the tools what were the the methods what 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 was the trajectory like from from there from that moment that revelatory moment to where you're at now what what can a person who identifies with your experience you know what can they do? What did you do? Yeah. So I think from, from that moment, what I did was become more aware then of when I was numb. So whereas before it was really all pervasive, I could realize it as a thing, as a separate thing. And, you know, for different people, what numb looks like will be or feel different. So some people might identify it as a a piece of the self, a part of the body mind, it might have a look, it might be an inner child piece, it might be a different piece. And so if that works, then, you know, you can start to communicate with it. You can start to fill into what that piece is needing, which is very often safety, but might need something else. And you can just start to almost cultivate a relationship with it where you can, you know, 
just nurture it, I suppose, and form a bond with it, form a relationship where you're then able to 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 connect with it if you do notice you're feeling numb. But yeah, the first step was really awareness. So I would start to notice when I'm feeling a bit checked out and then I could connect with this part of me. I would then visualize it intentionally as a piece of me leaving my body and try and bring it back. So that was the first thing really. But for other people, it might be that they don't have a visualization or see it as part of themselves, but they actually can perhaps see it as a sensation in itself. So can you feel numbness as a feeling in itself? And what does it feel like? Does it feel, you know, cold? Does it feel empty? Do you feel like an empty space in your body? just kind of almost being able to feel the numbness as a sensation in itself because that starts to already move you away from the feeling of numbness because it is a feeling so there are different ways i suppose of of playing with it or forming a relationship with it but yeah the first step for me was really having that awareness of those moments where i was feeling numb and then trying to engage that part of me that was felt like it had to leave and understanding why and if it felt okay to then draw that part of me back into my body. And then I suppose one of the really key pieces in my journey as well was around thinking about what the alternative was. So I suppose a few years later from Mexico, I'd been working on this for a while and been having therapy and been getting support. And I realized that I hadn't really thought about what the alternative would be to not feeling numb so often. And actually that alternative of feeling present all the time was deeply, deeply, deeply scary to me because it's not something that I had experienced ever really to be present for the majority of time. And being numb was protecting me from a huge amount of sensations that I would find overwhelming, relationships that I was scared might be difficult or threatening and and other things as well. And so I started to think about what the alternative would look like. And first I was really scared of that. Um, But then I started to try and embrace it or to think about what could I do that would make being present tolerable first of all and then later even enjoyable so I started to really work with visualizing an alternative where I was present but also felt safe and an alternative where I felt present but also joyful and really trying to gain a strong sense with all my senses a bodily sense of what it would feel like to be present and safe and supported. And I think that was a huge shift for me. So, so far I'd addressed that, you know, I had been feeling numb a lot, that I didn't have that awareness and then started to gain that awareness. But for me, a really big shift happened when I started to imagine a reality where I could be present and I could be safe. And I think it's a journey but for people who feel ready to feel into that, to think about it, to think about what it would be like to face the things that you've been avoiding and how you could do that in a nourishing and supportive way for yourself. I think that was really key for me. And then 
I suppose there are little kind of tips and tricks that I use along the way even now. So the numbness for me was was all pervasive, like I say, and it covered many areas of my life, like physically, sexually, emotionally, and so on. And for a long time, I had a real problem identifying my feelings. So one of the exercises that I really, really enjoyed doing was to set an alarm on my phone to go off every, I think it was about every four hours. And the alarm would say on it, what are you feeling? And what do you need? And it was a real struggle at first to identify feelings. But I also printed out a list of feelings. And I think there are many of these online. I think there's one by the Hoffman Center or the Hoffman Process. There are various others as well. I think there's one by um, the people who do non-violent communication work. And I had that list printed out. So every now and again, my alarm would go off and I'd look at the feelings list and be able to identify one and then think about what I most needed. And that's that was a, a really good practice for helping me to understand my feelings, again, to come out of numbness or just to start thinking about what I am actually feeling and start to connect again with myself. And yeah, and, and I really like that one because it's it's one that doesn't mean you have to go into any pain of not being present if you don't feel ready or able to. It's more connecting with the now and that can feel really supportive and nourishing. Mm. I love this. There's so much practical wisdom and also so much deep knowledge behind behind this wisdom, deep lived embodied knowledge that you are sharing. So to summarize, step number one was the awareness piece where you were able to see and notice for you it was like a part but it can also be a sensational reality and start to notice that it is actually something it's not just all pervasive nothingness but there's actually something that is distinct about the numbness because that is so true a lot of people who have numbness of different kinds but especially sexual numbness they say I don't feel anything there's nothing but Mm -hmm. usually there is something so numbness in itself is also a a sensational reality but like you said at the beginning I just felt like it was me and so people usually just feel like it's just that's just it there's there's no separation between me and it there's no there are no variation no subtle nuances to it so Mm -hmm. to just do that first very important awareness piece step where you start to see and notice either the part or the sensational reality of it and start to cultivate a relationship with that is huge and then from there you can start engage with it more consciously from a a place inside where you're not identifying with it at least not entirely yeah (laughs) (laughs) right step by step but you created a little bit of healthy distance and in that distance you can start to see and differentiate between you and it and the other experiences that you have as well so that was number one awareness and then from awareness you can start engaging and number two and this is so profound what's the alternative what's the alternative to feeling numb obviously the alternative at some point was so unsafe that your body and your system created this protective mechanism so it makes sense that 20 30 40 50 years later the alternative still feels unsafe and at least very unfamiliar and and like very very uncharted territory so 
like you said, feeling present all the time felt really scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to first make that, make presence feeling tolerable and then make it feel enjoyable and, and consciously slowly making it feel safe mm-hmm. and cultivate what you said around, um, you know, you said I, I, you were looking for and, and feeling into and getting a strong sense of what it felt like what what the experience was like to be present plus safe plus supported and so this is where somatic healing comes in right this is this is somatic healing where we're not just talking about things endlessly and finding the root causes or the problems and cycling in those patterns and talking 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 about it but we're actually working with creating a new feeling tone inside of the body. What is the yeah. new feeling tone that I want? That's where that's where healing takes place. That's where you where you don't walk down the same path all over and over and over again, but you start to create a new one and it's slow and it takes time and it's easier. I you know, I like these silly metaphors, but it's like imagine that there's a <laughs> a road that you've always been driving on and you know how to get from you know, you know how to go there, you know, you don't need to keep GPS, like it's so, you could basically drive down that road in, in your sleep. And then you have to create a new path, a new road, but you have to like clear the land and take down the trees and, you know, prepare the ground. And, you know, like it's such a big work, right, to create a new road. Yeah. But, and you don't know maybe where it's going to lead and all that. But once you've done the work, you have an alternative. And once you have an alternative, maybe your body will still choose the road that you've always traveled on, but you know that there's an alternative, right? So creating that new road, that new roadmap, it takes so much time, but it's done with the body, in the body, and where we create that new feeling tone inside. What does it feel like? What are the sensations associated with being present, being safe, being supported, or like when it comes to pleasure, What's a pleasurable sensation? Mm. How do I feel safe with a pleasurable sensation? People who've been sexually numb for years and decades, when they have a pleasurable sensation for the very first time, usually their system reacts with overwhelm, panic, fear. And it's like, I can't take it. (laughs) And I always say, go slow. Just know that every time there's a pleasurable sensation, you're creating a new baseline. And then your body knows, okay, so your job is not to have all the pleasure at all times Mm -hmm. and go from no pleasure to all the pleasure. Your job is to go from no, like numbness to feeling the numbness to identifying the numbness to start disidentifying with the numbness to little by little creating safety with all of that stuff and everything that's underneath and everything that comes up and arises. And then when the pleasure starts coming, because it will eventually to start wiring in safety with that little by little. Yeah. Cause it's super overwhelming. Like you say, well, being present is so scary because then I'm going to feel so much and it's going to be so intense and I'm going to, you know, who am I with all of this? Yeah. Uh, so the alternative is so beautiful to, to look at that and to work on that. And, and I think, you're you you start doing that when you're ready to right yeah once you've had the awareness once you've had the engaging piece and all of that uh, at a certain point you feel like okay now what Mm -hmm. like what's where do I go from here and that's usually when that next kind of step kicks in with the the next part the alternative and the new feeling tone and then I love that practice that you did it's so simple but 
but so effective. Asking yourself, what are you feeling right now? Mm-hmm. And educating yourself on on getting like emotionally literate because yeah. a lot of people aren't, right? And especially if you've been numb or you've shut down or you've been brought up in a way where you weren't connected to your feelings. Again, when like, like there are emotional, like emotional illiteracy, there's also physical slash sensational illiteracy. Most people live completely disassociated with their bodies or maybe not completely, but to a certain degree disassociated and disembodied. So when when I started doing this work about 10 years ago with awakening my sexuality and healing and and I was asked to lie in stillness and breathe and feel the sensations inside my my pelvic my pelvis and my and my pussy, I was like, I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. And and I wasn't like heavily traumatized. I wasn't you know, heavily like experienced severe numbness, Mm -hmm. but I just had, I was sensationally illiterate. I didn't know sensations in my body. I I wasn't connected to them on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a kind of educational part in it as well. And I love that you made it, that you kind of were so practical with it. I printed Mm -hmm. out a sheet with feelings and then I started to recognize what am I feeling right now because if you've been avoiding that your entire life of course it's going to feel like a big void yeah yeah it definitely felt like a loving nurturing thing to do which was really nice about the exercise as well just taking that time to check in with yourself and I really relate to what you were saying Erica about you know physically feeling nothing in in your pelvic region as well that was definitely my experience and I also had the experience of it started off feeling nothing at all and then I'd have some feelings but doubt them (laughs) so yes I think I'm feeling this but actually maybe I'm not maybe I'm just imagining this (laughs) but it, it is something that can be nurtured and and over time you you get there you know it is possible you do start feeling the feelings believing the feelings <laughs> and being able to experience them as well yeah and what happens is you develop a sense of trust right yeah. with your body that and with yourself that i you know little by little you expand your window of tolerance with intensity with emotional presence with energy and with sensations and pleasure or whatever it is so your 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 capacity to like you said you know make it feel tolerable like your tolerance expands and then little by little it goes from tolerating to actually enjoying the intensity or the sensations or the pleasure and like oh wow feeling alive is a very rich experience and it doesn't make me shut down anymore I can actually stay in it yeah and it's really interesting i think there's such a balance and it's something i'm continuing to play with at the moment but there's a real balance around how much stimulation so what i started to notice over the years was that actually in some really serious slightly traumatic events i would feel the most alive because it would like kick me into that space of like you you have to be present to deal with this and and it's you know that whole window of tolerance thing where there's this space where you're regulated where you can connect well with people where you feel safe and then you've got below that the hyper arousal where you are in you know a freeze mode or numb or a bit shut down and then you've got that hyper arousal where it's all happening and it feels a bit out of control and i feel like it was often some situations that 
that happened that kicked me into that hyper arousal where I was like, okay, I actually feel really alive here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's booted me almost out of my numbness. And even though what I'm going through is really intense, I actually feel so alive and in, in a way it feels really nice. So I'm kind of playing with, and I think it's a balance for people of how much stimulation is is helpful and positive and healing in a way and obviously i don't want to go through traumatic things like that in order to feel so alike so now i'm starting to play with what are the positive experiences that i can build so is it you know going out dancing or is it spending time with friends what what are those what what are the stimulants that i can provide in my everyday life that are positive things or helpful, you know, just the types of experiences I want to have that that help to keep me in that space of regulation. So yes, yeah, that's, that's so something key. I've been playing with. So what would you say is the difference? So after you've had one of those like very intense, slightly traumatic, hyper arousing experiences, what's the experience afterwards? compared to when there's less intense stimuli and you stay regulated? How do you feel afterwards in com compared between the two? Yeah, it's a really interesting question, actually. I think, I think where it's where you've had that more regulatory experience, or for me anyway, where I'm inviting those experiences into my life, it feels like well, yeah, I don't know. Actually, it's a tough one. They do mm. feel very similar. I suppose when, yeah, when it's some more regulatory experiences, it can feel nourishing. And because you've put it in place, it's eliciting the emotions that I suppose you'd like to enjoy and to feel that pleasure, the excitement, that feeling and sense of being alive. It's interesting because when I've had the really intense experiences, and it's only been a couple of them, but where I've I've, I've felt able to kind of cry fully or really let it all out. And yeah, there was, I suppose, a sense of still being present with those emotions that let it feel like a real release as well. So both were, both were positive, hmm. I suppose, for me in, in those experiences. But I suppose I wouldn't want to kind of put myself in, in challenging situations or in situations that are potentially dangerous is, is what I'm trying to say to in order yeah. to not feel numb exactly um, yeah 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 exactly so there's like potential negative consequences from that when you're yeah, yeah in those in those situations yeah because it's it's not uncommon that people who have an experience of numbness or like PTSD and things like that that they feel most alive when they're engaged in quite dangerous situations or, you know, like you said, when there is that hyperarousal, like, wow, I feel alive because you are forced into a hyperarousal state or you're forced to kind of peek your head out from underneath the water, right? If you're mm -hmm. like underwater in numbness and it's like you see, you hear, your senses are so switched on. Yeah. So you actually experience sense like being present and heightened heightened sensitivity to to stimuli etc but it's not it's not regulated it's not sustainable and oftentimes there are dangers or some kind of negative consequence involved yeah. or associated with that experience but that can definitely become like an, a drug or like an addiction or the yeah. only way that people can 
have those kind of like present alive experiences and so people develop behaviors that we know obviously aren't good for them yeah and that afterwards or you know it can feel like you have to come down or like you you know you put yourself in a situation that you know weren't entirely safe or good for you in the long run so yeah it's a very important thing I'm glad we we got to that because I'm sure people can relate when it comes to decisions that they make or having sex with people or not to say that everyone who does extreme sports are, <laughs> but it's kind of like it kind of becomes like an extreme sport like you could yeah. you know everyone's I mean I've I've gone skydiving I've done crazy shit in my life mm-hmm. uh, from from other f- from other places inside or like for other reasons but mm-hmm. It's not unusual that people who experience numbness have to go to extremes in order to feel alive. And that's not sustainable. Obviously, we don't want that to be a way of life. So there's another way that that's the slow way, (laughs) but it's the sustainable way. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've really articulated that so beautifully, Erica. I think it is that you can fall into the danger and, and I could have easily gone this way and I started to notice actually some behaviors that were taking me into that place of feeling really alive but could have potentially been dangerous situations and yeah I I know that with a chocolate I have a very addictive personality so (laughs) I definitely didn't want to go down that route because I could see how you know thrill-seeking but potentially dangerous thrill-seeking could become addictive or other behaviors that would you know kick me out of the numbness and very quick but not sustainable and potentially dangerous way and so to kind of cultivate it in a in a resource space in terms of thinking what activities would be enjoyable and nourishing for me and, and good for me and good for my higher self that can also keep me present um I think that's you know uh, really helpful yes yes amazing is there anything else you want to mention that we haven't anything you want to touch on that any place we haven't gone to yet when it comes to this topic I think I suppose just one other thing that personally I found really useful is just really having that sense of grounding and you know we talk about it a lot in coaching but resourcing grounding exercises when I first came across them many years ago I was again maybe from a space of numbness I was like well, that's not going to achieve anything or what what does that really do? Again, maybe because they're so subtle as well. But actually over the years, I've really, really found the supportive, like how supportive that is to this journey in particular of coming out of a sense of feeling numb. And so things like just feeling grounded in your chair, one that I find really, really positive for me is just you know looking around your room even if it's the room that you know really well in your house that you've always been in but just taking time to look around the walls and feel supportive and just almost look out for if there's anything behind you and then feel reassured by by the support the floor the walls things like that and and they do sound subtle and but they you know I think numbness is really part of it is really that kind of fear or the worry about safety and so just to take a moment here or there to feel grounded feel present it it is a subtle but big difference for me at least yeah I love that and 
what you're doing is you're communicating with deeper parts in your in your system, like your nervous system, amygdala, like really primal parts in the body that don't really listen to higher cognitive thinking, although they do to some to some degree, all parts of you are, you know, integrated and work together. But grounding exercises, resources exercises, those kinds of like spatial orienting exercises, they help calm down deeper, older parts of the brain that need that physical somatic reassurance if there are subtle threats that you've been experiencing for a long long time and yeah it can feel like it can feel a little bit silly or like (laughs) but but it but it works yeah and and I guess just linked to that as well is I think for me and you touched on this before, but it's that kind of embodied practices, the feeling of, you know, that alternative and how can this feel safe for me and, and visualizing that. And I'm definitely a big one for overthinking. So <laughs> I know how ineffective that can be. And there's only a certain limit to, to that. There's only so far that can take you. So it really is about the embodied practice and, and what I've really enjoyed actually is shifting away from that to practices like this practices like grounding practices like imagining you know a world where it feels safe to be present you know practices like like exploring that what brings you joy what's what stimulation can you bring in to take you from hyper arousal to regulation and all of those mean not necessarily dwelling in old stories or what took you to that place you know you don't necessarily have to go there to be able to move through this space of numbness and I think that can feel quite reassuring when the past experiences or whenever it's been have been that scary that they've put you in that place of feeling numb that you don't have to always go so deep into that in order to make progress in this space yes 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 because what we're doing is we're healing deeper parts of the brain that don't communicate through language and they aren't specific to humans. So if you think about a scared dog or a traumatized horse, you know, highly sentient beings, very intelligent beings, but, you know, different kind of intelligence than to humans, but a scared dog, a traumatized dog can heal and you don't talk to it. It doesn't tell you what happened, but it can still heal. And so when it comes to this kind of healing, it's like, yes, intellectual understanding and knowing why and like, yes, it was because of this situation or my mother or my upbringing or the thing that happened or my uncle or whatever and all of that. Yes, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But talking about it will never change the way your nervous system relates to it. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. And that's why it's so important to not just too heavily rely on talk therapy if you have experiences of trauma or numbness or sexual issues it can bring you understanding it can bring you you know self-compassion and things like that but it's not going to change how your mammalian body shows up in the world and basically like that's who you are (laughs) also you are also your body and you're also more than your body but it's in the body that trauma happens and it's in the body that trauma heals or you create a new reality and we live in the west you know we have a very strong culture and we heavily rely on the 
like psychologization of things. We we want to explain the world and and fix stuff through like psychology, right? Yeah. But it's in the somatic realm that a lot of beautiful healing takes place. So some of my favorite resources or authors or recommendations are Peter Levine's work, Bessel van der Kolk, his beautiful book, The Body Keeps the Score. What's Peter Levine's book? Waking the Tiger, is it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Waking the Tiger. And then Gabor Mate talks a lot about embodied and somatic healing as well. So, and it's changing a lot. And there are healing modalities like somatic experiencing, sexological body work, yoga. Yoga is great, right? Soft yin yoga. Ashtanga yoga can be a hyper arousal state, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) All of you, all of you crazy people running, you know, long distances and doing crazy yoga stuff and pushing (laughs) yourself and lifting the heaviest weights, like just notice, check in with yourself. Am I just doing this so I can feel alive in a hyper aroused state or is this regulated? Because sometimes, sometimes it's, it's not what you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of bendy psychopaths, like my friend says it about (laughs) about these yoga people. (laughs) So funny. Uh, So slow down, slow down sometimes is the key. Amazing. I love that we touched on that grounding exercises, resourcing, orienting, becoming embodied and really healing through and with the body. Me too. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Priya. So is there anything you want to share about your work, your coaching, or how people can connect with you if they want to learn more about you? Well, I don't actually have a website and I'm not much on socials at the moment. So <laughs> the, the only real way it's challenging. <laughs> yeah, it's challenging. The only real way is through LinkedIn at the moment, actually. But I'm working on the others. So Okay. Well, we'll put your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. And so if you're curious about Priya's work, definitely check out her LinkedIn and connect with her there. I applaud you for not using social media. I'm so looking forward to my upcoming maternity leave when I will delete all my social media (laughs) apps. I'm so looking forward to it. (laughs) My mental health improves so much. My capacity to be present improves so much. Yeah. Don't even get me started. I'll be here for another hour. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah we can you can come back and talk about that another time yeah it's intense but thank you thank you thank you so much for today for your vulnerability and transparency and sharing your story there's so much wisdom so much inspiration for people to feel like healing is available and now I kind of know what a healing blueprint or a healing trajectory could potentially look like for me as well if this is your experiencing listening or if you know someone who who experiences this then you know share this with them let them know that you're not doomed and healing is available absolutely yeah thank you Priya thank you for today and for being here yeah thank you so much Okay, my friend, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you learned something new today or that I reminded you of something you already knew or do and that you feel inspired and encouraged to prioritize sex, pleasure, and orgasms in your busy life. If you love this podcast, please share it with your friends and give it a rating or review so this important message can reach more people on this planet. 
Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next time.